I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. Today, I really wanted to talk about self-esteem and, you know, I receive a lot of messages about self-esteem in children and teenagers from parents. You know, I would say I receive at least a couple of weeks about, you know, parents saying I'm really concerned. I feel like my child's self-esteem is plummeting or how do I help or improve self-esteem in my young person? In addition to this, though, I actually also get to speak with groups of teenagers directly about self-esteem and just to share with you some of the questions that they bring forward themselves about themselves, about their own relationship to self-esteem, you know, have included things like, how do you build self-confidence? Or how do I stop overthinking things? Or questions like, why do I feel bad about myself? Specific questions that have come up more than once around, you know, how much food should I eat in a day? And that link between body and self-esteem coming out very sharply. Other questions might be around, you know, I don't want to follow friends. What do I do? How do I manage that? Or things like, I feel empty inside. What can I do about that? And I understand that empty feeling as I just feel really low in myself. So when speaking recently at a parenting event that was, you know, based around the Dove Dove Self-Esteem Project, uh, they did some research recently in Ireland and released the findings. You know, the findings, I mean, I wasn't shocked by what are actually shocking results. I think that's the best way to put it. You know, some of those findings include statistics like 87% of girls in Ireland do not have high self-esteem. That 87% means that Irish girls are above the global average and amongst the highest globally, you know, that in terms of not having high self-esteem, that more girls in Ireland reported feeling pressure to be beautiful compared to the global average. Um, another one that really struck me was that 84% of girls feel that there's too much importance placed on beauty in making them happy. And what was really interesting is that this statistic really doesn't change as we reach adulthood because 85% of adult women surveyed they reported feeling the exact same. So if it's 84% in girlhood or adolescence, it's 85% in adulthood. You know, we remain, you know, in that state of feeling that there's too much importance placed on beauty in order for us to feel happy. I thought that was really striking that it really doesn't change as we grow. Another one was that 50% of girls and then 41% of adult women both felt worse after looking at beautiful women in magazines or fashion magazines. So again, we don't see a huge difference in those two percentages. So what affects us as girls is still affecting us as we reach adulthood. And another one was that 62% of girls in Ireland think that for them to do well in their life, they need to look a certain way with the pressure causing significant stress and unhappiness. So I believe I have to look look a certain way, but that belief in and of itself is putting me under so much pressure that it's causing me a high degree of stress and unhappiness, 62%. And I think, you know, while these stats are undoubtedly startling, 
As I said, I'm not shocked because I work with teenagers and their parents and I hear this in my work. And while this research might be specific to, you know, girls and women that were questioned, by no means do I think self-esteem is something that girls alone struggle with because I actually know that not to be true. You know, I've worked with teenage boys um, who also present with really low self-esteem or unrealistic body ideals are bombarded with messages in the media. Again, in a previous episode here, I did specifically talk about body image and include the impact on young men and teenage boys in this. So it is something that crosses the genders. So I don't want to make you think this is just about teenage girls and it's just a girl thing. It's absolutely not. But I do think maybe it disproportionately affects girls at at this age. It's really about, you know, what do we do with that? And I think, you know, sometimes I talk about, you know, how will I raise my my child's self-esteem? Sometimes we have to take a step back and wonder about our parental self-esteem because it can be really difficult to see our children struggle. We can struggle because they're struggling. We can question, gosh, what have I done or what have I not done? Why aren't they feeling better about themselves? And it can end up affecting our own parental self-esteem. So really, I think one of the best approaches, and again, I say this quite a lot simply because it's true, is to lead by positive example yourself. You know, take time to examine your own attitudes to how you think and feel about yourself and moreover, how you talk, talk about yourself, but also talk to yourself, you know, our own inner monologue. You know, what are your own attitudes to food, body, eating, beauty, looks, you know, all of that stuff. And how do you speak about yourself in front of your children? Um, You know, try to avoid language, particularly I think language around food. It's a good example, like, you know, referring to clean eating or, you know, doing a detox or whatever it might be. Any language like that that infers that food is problematic or dirty. Also, really, that phrase about having a cheat day or a cheat meal is really unhelpful because that language brings up like you're doing something wrong. Um, Also, be aware of how you talk about your own body, you know allow I I think you have to allow your children to see you treat yourself kindly you know don't pass problem so-called problem areas of your body um you know don't talk about how your body looks and certainly not exclusively how your body looks talk about what your body can do um you know give them something really positive to absorb that's going to help to build healthy body image and let them hear you say things like you know I love my body I love all that it allows me to do um avoid I always say this when I talk about food when I talk about eating disorders, when I talk about body image, but it's worth repeating, you know, don't use body-based nicknames for your children, you know, don't refer to them as stretch or pudge or buttabelly or tubs or skinny malinky or any language like that or anything that focuses on how they look and be aware of how often you greet your child no matter how young they are or any children in your life by commenting on how they look and oh you look so pretty or I like your dress or I really that's a cool t-shirt or show me your runners and instead say you look so smart I wonder what book you're reading or you look like you're having lots of fun what's your favorite game to play and you make it about who they are not what they look like and what they like to do for example I also think given you know some of those statistics are really particular to the impact um, looking at magazines and looking at beautiful women or beautiful bodies in general in magazines the effect it can have on us it's no harm to invest in 
critically discussing media representations. You know, sit together with your teenagers, boys, girls, and take some magazines or social media accounts, for example, and scroll through that together or flick through the magazines. You could even make it playful and make it a bit of a game or activity to spot the edits to an image, what filters have been applied, how much Photoshop has been used, and critically assess together, you know, what's real, and what's not real. And even, you know, download an app or use a filter on your phone that you can play with that allows you to edit an image to, you know, so-called perceived perfection. But basically teach your teens how to interpret the obvious, but also the more subtle and hidden messages behind media messaging that they're bombarded with. And talk openly about body prejudice and how to identify and challenge it when they see it. Empower them with language. Let them critically assess these images for themselves so they can see the thing that I'm you know aspiring to be like or you know that thing that's causing me to feel bad about myself it's not real it's something that's been created creatively created in a way that is to put something out there that actually doesn't exist in the real world and I think just you know firmly challenging those can be helpful in you know as I negotiate the world of media multimedia and social media myself and coming back to us as parents you know I think we can also parent with esteem and this means you know using your respect and admiration of your child you know you respect your child you admire them that is you know intentionally seeing the good in them to actively invest in our children and teenagers self esteem Ideally, you know, we're not going to start this process in adolescence, but we're, we've started it when they're younger and this is a time of strengthening it when they really need their self-esteem cups topped up because in adolescence, self-esteem, as the, all of the research bears out, really comes under attack. But pay attention when your teenager speaks. And, I, I you know, I always think there's a nice phrase that, that can underpin this because you might go, of course I pay attention when my teenager speaks. But, you know, let your toes follow your nose. Let your nose follow your toes, whichever way you want to put it. What that means is that you physically turn your body towards them and look at them when they speak, you know, as opposed to you have your body turned away and you arch your neck one way and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're half talking to them through the side of your face. Turn around, you know, nose follows toes um, so that they know you're fully engaged and fully connected to them. Praise their efforts, you know, regardless of the outcomes of their efforts, you know, and always focus on that. I see you trying. All you ever have to do is try. And that's what I admire and respect in you. And let them know that they're smart, they're engaging, they're funny, they're lovable exactly as they are. But I do think, you know, coming back to what I said lead with positive example. There's also practical ways that you can play with some of this um, because building and supporting self-esteem and expanding self-efficacy, you know, that sense of look at all I can do. It remains extremely important all the way through adolescence into young adulthood. In fact, it remains important as this research shows right into adulthood. But our teenagers will naturally seek and then demand increasing levels of independence at the, you know, this stage of development. And they do need this. Of course they do. But they also need you, their parent, as a sort of self-esteem cheerleader communicating you know look at all you're capable of you know you can do what you want you can do what you need to do and you're telling them how great and capable they are but always remembering 
that to be effective in impacting self-esteem, praise must be specific, not generalized, and always focused on their effort over the outcome. So one of the things you could do to play with this is sit facing each other and tell each other five things that you love about the other person. Usually really easy, I love whatever, one, two, three, four, five about you. And they'll be able to give that back to you. And now you're going to tell each other five things that you love about yourself. Okay. Now that's often not as easy, but don't jump in and rescue your teenager if they're struggling here. Just hold the silence with a smile, with a sustained eye contact that is supportive and encouraging. If that silence goes on a while, you know, maybe after a minute of silence, you might say something like, I know it can be hard to think about yourself in this way. Do you want to borrow one of mine about you to start with, just to get them going? And you're acknowledging it can feel awkward, uncomfortable and unfamiliar to say nice things about ourselves. But look how easily we can say them about each other. And then repeat back what you say about each other and yourselves. For example, okay, so you're saying you love my smile, you love my baking, you love the way I sing and dance in the kitchen, you love that I can speak up for myself and those I care about, and you love that we enjoy the same TV shows, okay? And you're going to obviously make that specific to the list that your teenager says about you um, and have them repeat back what they heard you say about them and then repeat it back to them so that they're hearing it themselves, you know? So you want to repeat back to them what they've said about themselves too. You love... I don't know, like you love your extra ear piercing, you love your dyed hair, you love how jogging in the rain makes you feel, um, you love your eyes and you love that you're a great friend to others. And this way you're amplifying what is said to ensure it's truly heard because there's something in hearing ourselves say it and then there's another layer in hearing that said back to us. Okay. I also think it's worthwhile building a self-esteem jar for your teenager. And what I really like about this is it's not time sensitive. You can start it early in childhood and you can keep contributing to it so that you can gift it to them on their 18th or their 21st birthday, or simply keep it accessible so that at a glance, they can see how much good and positivity you see in them. And they can dip into that jar when they need to, to top up their own self-esteem as they're negotiating through tricky times. For this, you're going to need a mason jar. I always like it optimistically big and get a large one and keep a stack of colored notelets just because they look nice in the jar. I mean, there's nothing special about them being colored. Write down about, you know, things that you love and admire about your child. And these should be, you know, just focus on character traits, actions, who they are, nice things they've done. And write down, you know, actions that your child takes that make you so proud of who they are. They can be big standout things. They can be small everyday things. In reality, they'll probably be a blend of the two. You're going to find yourself filling the jar with notelets that you've written things like, I like who you are because whatever you're really good at whatever it is you feel good about your your friends think you have an awesome whatever somewhere you feel happy is you mean a lot to whoever others think that you have a great I think you're really good at something you really enjoy is you are proud of yourself for something and I am proud of you for something else your future goals are things like that okay and you're just going to then write each of those on a piece of paper gradually over time fold them up and put them in the jar so I think, you know, it, this is about practicing self-esteem based reflection each day and your teenager can see you do this for yourself, you do this for and with them. And I also think it's something that they can do for themselves. You know, they can also 
add to this jar. You know, they could even just keep a notebook if they prefer something more discreet, you know, that every day they complete these sentences, something I was great at today. Today it was interesting when something happened. Um, I made someone smile when, and I smiled when someone did or said. So you can take any phrases, but things like that, so that every day I just complete those three sentences in my little notebook. And that's about making self-esteem a daily practice. And that's a really effective way of working on this. But what does come out strongly in all of this research is that however we do it, we have to do better with scaffolding up our kids' self-esteem and topping up those emotional love cups with and for them. And it starts with ourselves. Be good and be kind to ourselves. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.